Our theme for this year is, uh, if you haven't heard it yet, our theme for the year is blank space. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a blank space, baby. And turn to your other neighbor. Turn to your other neighbor and say, and I'm writing my name on it. But I want to read this scripture, and this is kind of one of the, this is one of the banner verses that we'll kind of weave in and out over the next few weeks. But it says this in Isaiah 118, this is paraphrased. It says, let us settle this once and for all. Though your sins made your life blood red, I will make you white as snow, a blank space. I believe that when we encounter God, that what he actually does is not magically, but simply through the work of Jesus, what he did not only 2,000 years ago, but what he continues to do in us, that actually when we used to be messed up and our sin is what created the color that defined our life, says your sins made you blood red, says though our sins were red like Crimson, you are making me, you've made me white as snow. You've cleansed my life. This is what God does when he encounters you. I hope that you know that the very moment that you say yes to God is the moment that you walk out of that moment a brand new person. You lift your hands or you close your eyes or you just simply say, God, I can't do this on my own and I need you. He says, guess what? You can't, but I've been waiting for you. And guess what? I've wiped your past away. You are a new creation in me. Is anyone thankful for that this year? That you're actually brand new. Like, not only because it's a new year, but this is life with Christ. Is that you are a new creation. Everything that is old is passed away, and all things now are made new. So we believe that God has made us a blank space. He's given also, on the flip side, he's given us a blank space saying, hey, guess what? You can now begin to imagine and create. What do you want this year to look like? And I would challenge and encourage you guys. Eight days into the new year, we're still right at the beginning, first Wednesday night of the year, to get specific, what do I want to see God do this year? What do I want to grow in? Some of you have had years where you've repeated the same cycle of a lack of growth. Guess what? I've been there, but what can change is when you get specific and say, okay, God, I'm not only going to say, I want to get closer. How many of you want to get closer to God this year? Awesome. How many of you want to go go deeper? Awesome. Now put your hands down because you're not going to. Unless you actually put something specific and attach it to that goal. Like if I say I want to get closer to God this year, it's going to be another year where I wish I would have gotten closer to God. And I wait till the next new year and say this year's going to be diff. Short for different. (laughs) This year's going to be different. And that year, the only thing that's different is the number. Because everything else was the same. Fell into the same traps, stepped into the same places, allowed the same habits to define my life. But this year, what can make it different is not only the opportunity of a new year, but you deciding that you have a blank space, so you're going to write something. I'm going to write my name on it. I'm going to write what I want to see. I'm actually going to 
document in my phone or on my journal, in my mirror, in my room. This is the year where it's different, but here's the things that I'm going to hold myself accountable to. I was challenging a group of students the other night. I was challenging, challenging them, like we're talking about all of these different things, and it's this idea of what do you want? And you can write this down. This is a bonus for you. It's not even a message, but you're welcome. Write down, and if you're taking notes on your phone, you can write it down too. What do I want? Okay, that's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy your dreams, though, because I'm going to say it doesn't matter what you want. Okay, but write it down. It's important that you know. Okay, I want to grow closer to God. Okay, but then underneath that, you need to now write down what am I committing to do? Because that's where it changes. What I want to do is grow closer to God. What I'm committed to doing is to being showered and ready to go 30 minutes before my bus comes to pick me up or before I got to leave to drive to school. I'm committed to being downstairs with my Bible open and coffee or tea or lemon squeezed juice. Some people do that or whatever it is and ready to go. Why? Because when you set a specific goal, you're either going to do it or not. But when it's ambiguous, guess what? You can trick yourself into thinking that you can start the next day. You can trick yourself into thinking that you're more effective than you actually are. Why? Because you didn't have anything that you were actually committed to. I want to challenge us as Undivided, as a group, as a church, as a youth ministry, but also each of you as individuals, and me, myself included, that we would say we're not only wanting to do something, we're going to commit to seeing it through. How many of you want to commit this year? You got a blank space. You want to commit this year. Awesome. So this is what we're talking about in the next few weeks, this idea of blank space. Turn to your neighbor and say blank space. Now, I'm going to read our text tonight, Psalm 19 and verse 10. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. I'd encourage you to bring a Bible this year. That's a blank space opportunity. One of the things you could say, I'm growing, I'm growing in my relationship with God. But if you look back at 2019, you never brought your journal, never brought your Bible. Guess how you start doing it is you commit. I don't come to Undivided unless I have a Bible and a journal because you're going to put your money where your mouth is. I dare you to make that commitment and watch yourself notice on Wednesday before you leave. You grab that thing because you know that you need it. Anyways, Psalm 19 and verse 10. They, referring to God's ways, I'm not going to read all the way back. It says God's ways are more precious than gold. More than pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. By his ways, your servant, myself, is warned that in keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults, God. Keep your servant from willful sins. May my sins not rule over me. Then I will be blameless. In other words, I'll have a blank space, a blank slate, a clean slate, a new heart. Then I'll be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, God, my rock and my redeemer. I'm gonna speak tonight on this idea. I've got a blank space. I've got a blank space. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. 
Um, God, we, we thank you that you, you um, there's never been a day where you haven't been present, where you haven't been faithful. And yet, God, there are times where we come through days and seasons and even years where when we look back, uh, maybe we were busy, we were uptight, we were anxious, or we, we avoided you, we, we resisted growth. Things might have happened externally that discouraged us, but we thank you that your mercy, your grace, your goodness, your love, it's brand new for us, waiting for us every single morning. So we say today, right now, today, January 8th, 2020, we say yes to you. We thank you for the blank space that you've given us because of your love, because of your forgiveness. And we say that 2020, we're gonna write something on this that gives you permission to do something beautiful in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Come on, everyone said? You ever, uh, you ever done something that you, you don't know what happened, but you, you just can't even explain why you did it, and then you did it, and you realize, what in the world did I just do? Like, it, it just came out of you. Like, we had our men's breakfast a couple months ago for Christmas, and we're down there doing this thing, and there was a package, and they had a bunch of acorns in it. And a River is sitting about 70 feet away from me, and I grabbed this acorn. I was like, I'm going to throw it at River. I didn't think about it. I didn't process that I don't have as good aim as I did when I played baseball in sixth grade, and even then it was subpar. So I just pick up this acorn, and I threw it. It doesn't even make it to river. Instead, it hits a light above, and it goes smack dab onto this dad's forehead. And it gives a big dent, and he is ticked off. I mean, I'm telling you, right between his eyes. He gets up, and he's, he's looking around. He's angry. He walks to the bathroom. I was like, I have to go tell him. And River's, like, River's looking. I'm like, dude, I was trying to throw that at you as if it's any better. I go into the bathroom. I was like, hey, man, that was me. I didn't mean to hit you. He's like, you better be glad it didn't hit my eye. I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, you better be. Don't ever do that again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you ever done something like that? You just threw something and you didn't, you didn't think about it. It just happened. Or, or one time, I'm in Bible college. I'm laying down to go to sleep. And you ever been on your phone and you wake up to your thumb still moving, but there's a bunch of H's or something like that? And you, or you started, you started text. You ever done this? You're texting a sentence, but then you start phasing but you're still somehow getting words out, but the words aren't connecting up here. I'm going in and out of consciousness this one night. I'm laying down in bed, and somehow I end up texting this girl. We had this thing as a Bible college. We had an end-of-the-year banquet. End-of-the-year banquet where everyone, it's like prom, but for Bible college people. There's no dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there was no dancing. <laughs> there was good dessert, though. It was okay. Um, but it was a big deal. And so I'm, laying, I'm going in and out of, like, awakeness, right? And I had been thinking earlier that day, like, talking to one of this girl's friends, like, hey, I might, I, you know, we're not that close, but I might ask her. I wasn't in, I wasn't liking her. I was in love with Noelle, and she was rejecting me. So I had to, you know, I had to ask someone so I don't look like a fool and go to a banquet alone. And then she's like, I don't want to be with a guy who doesn't even get a date to banquet. And so... So this is all what's going through my mind, and I'm phasing in and out of sleep. Put my phone down, 
This wasn't an iPhone. It was back in the day before iPhones. And I get up the next morning, happy to be alive. Sun's out. Walk into the cafeteria before class at 825. And she's walking towards me. I have no context for what I did the night before. She's walking towards me, and she's, like, got her arms on her hips, but, like, not in, like, a, but in, like, a, she's like, Taylor, what was that text last night? And I was like, what text? She's like, the text that you sent me. I was like, I didn't text you. She's like, you should look at your phone. And she walks away. What ended up happening is through a roundabout way of awkward sentences that I'll leave out, nothing inappropriate, but it was weird. I asked her to banquet, and I read through, I, I start, oh my gosh, what did I, I didn't, I had no recollection of it. I was freaked out, so I run after her. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how that happened. I think I fell asleep. She's like, it's okay, I'll go with you. And I was like, dang it. Because <laughs> the, the funniest part is I really, I really didn't want to, like I wasn't even sure that I wanted to go with her. So then I ended up going with her because I, you ever done something like, like and you don't know, <laughs> everyone's like, no, Taylor, I've never done anything like that. Well, congratulations. But sometimes we just do stupid things. For literally no reason at all. And we look back on the stupid things that we did and we think, what in the world was I thinking? See, sometimes we do things for no reason. This is what David, the writer of this psalm, was kind of saying. It says, but who can discern their own ways or their own errors? Who is able to discern it? That word discern means this, to be able to understand and explain the reason for why you do something. To be able to understand and explain. So David writes this, and I'll paraphrase it a little bit differently in our modern vernacular. He says this, God, your ways, your word, the pattern that you set, it's a good reminder that when I do stupid stuff, I get stupid results. But also, I'm reminded that when I do your ways, it always has a reward. So like, why in the H do I keep doing stupid things when I know there's a reward for good things? Honestly, God, I have no clue. So God, would you forgive my hidden stuff and the stuff that I do out in the open because I don't want those things to dictate my future. See, what David is saying is, God, like, ah, oh, last night, why did I do that? You ever, you ever done that? Gone back on your word? Said something in a certain group where when you're around that group, they pull things out of you that turn you into a person that you don't like? You ever been the person that you don't like and if you were to step outside yourself, you look at it, and you're like, I don't like that version of Taylor. But when he's with those people or when he's in that situation, the worst comes out. Or is it just me? Where I say or do things that are inconsistent with I, who I know that I am, 
and with who God has called me to be. But as I step back and I look at it, I realize, oh my gosh, I am the very thing that I wish I wasn't. And David's having this same moment, like, God, why do I keep doing the same old stuff? God, why do I keep staying up so late and doing that thing that I used to not ever do and I never wanted to do again, but I keep finding myself in the same patterns and the same routines and finding the same temptation, finding me in the same places and giving the same response. Why, God, do I do this? When I know that when I go the opposite way and I say yes to your way, that there's always a reward on the other side. See, here's what we need to know is that God does not ask us to live a certain way because he's controlling. God does not lay out an ethic for life, an ethic for how we should live and the the things that we should do and follow and the patterns that, that Jesus set and that we see all throughout Scripture. God did not do that because he has a box and he wants us all to fit in it. But there's actually a reward for us. See, you may not think so, but God actually does want you to be happy. It may not be his primary concern. It may not be like, I want you to be happy, and you're never going to be unhappy. And if you do what I say, then you're always going to be happy, and you're going to get an Escalade in your driveway because someone's going to give it to you because you gave money to the church or something. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that God actually desires good things for you. Can I tell you prophetically but also easily that in 2020, as dark as things may be in the world and they will continue to come, that God actually has good things in store for you. God actually desires greatness ahead of you, but he's given us a pattern to follow so that we can see those things perpetrate in our lives. God wants those things to, on a regular basis, tend to happen because we tend to follow in his ways. But see, instead, what we often do is what David found himself doing time and time again. David, the person who would turn into, at times, a murderer, an adulterer, someone who would steal another person's wife when it wasn't his to steal, and when she became pregnant, sent her husband to the front lines of battle so he would die, so he didn't have to deal with the shame. This is the kind of guy David is. And once it all comes crashing down, David has a moment again, similar to this, where he says, God, I don't know what I was thinking. And yet, this is what I love about David, what scripture says about David, is that he was a man after God's heart. See, when we accept God's forgiveness, when we allow God's work in our lives, guess what? It gives us a blank space. Wipes the slate clean. What does it say about David after he has this moment? All of this stuff goes down, all comes crashing down. What it says is he woke up the next morning, took a shower, and he went into his room. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He went and said, God, I messed up, but I thank you that your mercy is new for me today. And some of you, you need to do that. Maybe 2019 was a night Maybe 2019 was where you weren't disciplined. It's where you didn't do what you know God had called you to do in your school. It's where you hurt some friends. It's where you didn't stand up for what you believed in. It's where you 
slipped in some areas of your purity, and you gave yourself to things that were not of God, and you know that he's called you to more. It's where you went to certain places and hung with certain people that you knew God was calling you to separate from so that he could give you something even better. And maybe 2019 was a night, but guess what? 2020 is a morning. And you can get up today. I hope you're hearing me tonight. You can get up tomorrow morning and say, God, yesterday sucked, but today is a new day. And I thank you for your forgiveness that is brand new for me right now in this moment. Is anybody thankful for the forgiveness that God gives you because of Jesus? This is what we do. This is the pattern that we're going to start in 2020. As Christians, guess what? If 2020 or 2019 was a bummer, 2020 doesn't have to be, but you got to decide, you know what? I'm going to accept the forgiveness that comes from God and allow him to give me a blank space. Here's your first point that you can write down. We'll give, I'll give them to you real quick. Number one, you've got to allow God to forgive you. In other words, you've got to accept God's forgiveness. Forgive means to set you free from what has held you. To be forgiven is to be set free from what has held you. There's two things you need to be set free from. I'll give them to you real quick. It's the hidden stuff, and it's the not-so-hidden stuff. See, because he says, forgive my hidden faults. But then he also says, but also keep me from the, the, willful, the, the willful sins. And that word willful means proud, arrogant, and obvious. God, help me to expose the stuff that nobody in this room knows about that I am the only human being on this earth who knows the depth of my struggle. Forgive me. But God, the attitude issues that everybody knows except for me, I need some help with it. God, the way that I speak to my mom and my dad, 2019 was not a good year. When I look back, I don't like how I was. God, would you cleanse me from the hidden and from the public? See, here's what you need to do. You need to accept God's forgiveness for you so that you can be freed from what held you. You need to accept God's forgiveness because by accepting it, it frees you when it previously bound you. I don't know if you're getting this because when you give yourself to sin, whether private or public, and I'll be my, the first one to raise my hand and say, it's been me. When you give yourself to it, what it does is it takes captivity over you. It holds you. It controls you. What he goes on to say is it's the inward stuff, the outward stuff. May those things, listen, may they not rule over me. May they not rule over me. And some of you, what you've done is in 2019, you allowed your sin to rule over you. It held you down. It was your boss. And see, when you don't confess your sins, when you don't expose it, what you conceal, you'll eventually have to carry. And what you carry will eventually begin to carry you. I'll say it again so you can write it down because it's tweetable. It's good. What you conceal, friends, and here's, here's what you need to know. Nobody in this room may know, and they may, but God knows. And that's hard because there is not one thing in this room that is unexposed. But see, God's not concerned as to whether you confess it to him. 
Because the pattern that we see in the New Testament is not confess your sins to God and he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No, because he already forgave you on the cross. What he does say is confess your sins one, two, does anybody know it? One, two, another. One, two, you got it. Okay, you, he says confess your sins one to another. Why? Because when you let it out into the light is when you give God permission to go to work on it. See, because here's the deal. If you look at it like this, I got a canvas right here, right? This canvas has got all this stuff on it. But it's like I flip the the flip chart over and it's covering it up. And until I open it up and I erase or wipe off or scrub off or whatever, until I'm willing to acknowledge and address, I cannot see this thing become a blank space. So what you've got to do is give God permission now to deal with your stuff that you can't clean on your own. But what we do is we hide it thinking that God is not big enough to fix it or that we might lose our status, lose our reputation. Somebody might lose respect for us or change their opinion, whatever it may be. And I'm not here to say that every single person has like 19 different major sins that you have to write down and tweet. I would not even recommend doing that. But what I am saying is getting somebody who you trust a leader, not just your peers, but get somebody who's, like, who's got some wisdom, who you trust their word into your life, and say, hey, you know what? I got this big thing, or I, you know, I've been struggling with anxiety, or I've been, whatever it might be, guess what? Those things can only hold you when you keep them in. But the moment that you expose them is the moment that they have no more permission to hold onto you. Can I get an amen? Here's what you've got to do. If you, you've got to allow God or receive God's forgiveness by allowing him to set you free from the hidden stuff and from the obvious stuff. What I want you to write down real quick, and we're going to end in just a moment. Write down this real quick. This is a question that you can ask yourself. What do I need to reveal? What do I need to reveal? And I'd be honest, I think every single person in here has something that they at least need to have a conversation about. And guess what? You're not bad for it. You're human for it. So it might just be, you know what? I've been struggling with my thoughts. Maybe it's, hey, I've just had an attitude lately. I'm in a funk and I don't know what to do. You name it, God can use it. Okay, what do I need to reveal? Another question. What do I need to repent of? Same vein. What do I need to repent of? Another one, who in my life do I need to get right with? Who in my life do I need to get right with? Maybe it's who in this room do I need to get right with? Lastly is, what do other people see in me that I tend to ignore? What flaws do people see in me that I tend to ignore? What have people been saying to me for years that I just brush off like it doesn't matter or that I can fix it on my own? Okay, I'll give you a bonus one. What area of spiritual growth have I been avoiding? 
what area of spiritual growth have I been avoiding? Number two, and I'll, I'll uh, invite the band to come forward as we close. Number two is this. Okay, number one is you gotta accept God's forgiveness. Number two is you've got to give God permission not only to forgive you, but get this. You've got to give God permission to keep you. And this is my hope for you this year, is that you wouldn't have a moment with God, but that you would begin a journey with God. That you wouldn't have an encounter where you lift your hands and you receive something, but you would have a moment where you begin to walk with God. My desire for you is not that you meet God, friends. Because I think you're going to have plenty of those opportunities if you haven't already. My desire for you is that you would meet God and understand that he is so good, that he loves you, that he wants a relationship with you, that he's got a purpose for you, that he has plans for you, that he has good things in store for you, that he wants to walk with you, that he's not done with you yet, that there's actually more for you and that you would walk with God. Are you hearing me? I don't care if you have a moment. What I care is that you have a relationship. And that is where you begin to see the real radical change with God is where things begin to shift because every single day you're getting up and acknowledging God as the one that you need. He is your source. He is the one who loves you. He is the one who's called you. And as you walk with him, things begin to change. David says, God, forgive my hidden faults. Keep, I love this word, keep. Keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. That word keep means to relieve yourself or to be relieved from duty. To be relieved from duty. Where what happens is when God keeps you, it's as if you hand him over the keys, you give him management, you give him control. And instead of you dictating how God works in your life, God begins to lead you and guide you. My prayer for you, friends, my prayer for you is that God would not only meet you, but he would keep you you would surrender your life to God, that you would surrender your days to God, that you would surrender the rest of your school career to God. Because nothing in this world is yours anyways. It is a gift from God, an opportunity, and you get to choose, will I open this or will I leave it? And friends, it is so much better to give God permission than to try and control it and think, I can do this on my own. Guess what? You can't. You can't do this by yourself. You in 20,000, 20,000, in 2020, and in 2021, and in 2041, and 2061. This will still be my prayer for you that God would not only encounter you, but that you would accept His management in your life he'd keep you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you didn't give God access to your purity last year. Maybe you didn't give him access to your attitude. 
Maybe you didn't give him access to your Wednesday nights. Maybe you didn't give him access to your day, to your time, to how you spent your time, to your money. Maybe you didn't give him access to your choices. But tonight you're saying, I wanna give God access. I got a blank space. I'm gonna let God define what this year looks like for me. I got a blank space. I'm not gonna let this year go by where it looks the exact same as last year. I'm going to let God encounter me, but I'm gonna also let him keep me. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe tonight you'd say, I wanna let God keep me this year. Would you just lift your hands? I wanna let God keep me. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus. Say, Jesus. This year, I'm gonna follow you. This year is a blank space. I give you permission. I receive your forgiveness. But more than your forgiveness, I'm going to let you lead me. I'm going to let you keep me. Every day, I will walk with you. Every day, I will be led by you. Every day, I will let you use me. Every day, I will follow you.